0: Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the to Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Shalom. Shalom. We here. Shalomi, homie. This is great. It is great, man. Praise God. I'll tell you what. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. We, we love that you tune in and that you watch these podcasts with us uh, because really we're studying together. I know that we're the ones that are talking or whatever, but hopefully you uh, take the time to look at these scriptures, to get this into your spirit, to receive uh, the message that God has for you because his word is life, right? It's like, it's like fuel for our bones, right? We need The word of God to wash us. You know, if you think about it, we're like a garden, right? And we're the soil because we're literally made out of dirt. If you think about it, God, God made us from the dust of the earth and the water of the word. When we get the water, guess what? We can produce fruit, right? Right. We can spring forth with, with, uh, foliage and trees and branches or whatever in our own life. Praise God. So, uh, if you've been watching for a long time, you know that for the last four years or for the first four years, we did detour portions, which the Torah portion is just a portion of Scripture. Last year, or the last season, I guess we did the book of Matthew. We're in the book of Acts right now, and today we're going to be studying Acts chapter 4. The uh, Those of you that are new, guess what? We're Christians with Torah. It's nice to meet you. Yeah. Christians, meaning we believe in the basic Christian doctrines. We believe Jesus, Yeshua, is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. That's Praise right. God. And uh, we also believe that the whole Bible, from Genesis to Maps... Is relevant to believers today amen that means the whole Bible right including the Torah and we put an emphasis on Torah. why because most people don't and we believe that the principles that we can find in the Torah can add so much to your life it's what God created for us because he's our good father good fathers give instructions to their children you know what I mean
1: so maybe we should we're, follow we're, his instructions. we're seeing lawlessness oh. what is the opposite of lawlessness to be lawful that's right Law-abiding
0: citizens
1: in the kingdom of God.
0: Amen. And 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 just to make a distinction between legalism being the the keeping of man-made laws and traditions and putting those above the law of God. Right. That's not what we preach. It's not what we teach. Obviously, the law of God is holy and righteous. You can find that in uh, I want to say Romans chapter seven or eight. So. Anyway, so let's get back into the book of Acts. So today is Acts chapter 4, the second half of the chapter, verses 23 through 37. Just to give a little bit of background on where we are uh, right now, for those of you that are catching up. uh, The book of Acts opens with the believers, right? Uh, Seeing the resurrection, or sorry, the, uh, the ascension of Yeshua, right? The giving of the Holy Spirit. And... So far, we've had two big events happen, right? The giving of the Holy Spirit, where people are seeing uh, other people speak in tongues that they recognize from their own countries, right? Hearing the message of uh, the good news, the gospel in their own tongue, but being preached by people that don't speak that language. So that's this is a big thing that draws attention. And then Peter takes that opportunity of all the attention being drawn to give a sermon and call out the people that crucified Yeshua and call a call of repentance so that these people can also come into the kingdom of God. The same thing happens in chapter three, a lame man gets healed, uh, a lame man that everybody knew he was sitting at the gate of the temple and so when he's jumping and praising God there's no doubt no mistaking that there's been a miracle that has occurred everybody's there and it draws the attention of the Pharisees and the he's Sadducees a and all paralytic the people for over 40 years for 40 years over 40 yeah and so again another big attention-drawing event where lots of people get gathered so Peter again capitalizes on the attention and uses that opportunity to preach the gospel and to call the people to repentance. And so now we're in chapter 4, where for this preaching, <laughs> the powers that be have gotten tired of it and have arrested Peter right. and John, thrown them in the jail, forbidden them to speak uh, of the name of Jesus anymore, and that's where we pick up right now with verses 23 through 26. Who's going to read? I think I'll go first. All right, go for it. I'll read. Acts 4, 23 through
1: 26. <clears throat> And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ.
0: Wow. Amen. All right. So uh, in being let go. So so right. We, we last week we left off. They were in jail. Yeah. Now they're let go. They made um, jail. Yeah. Before they let them go, right? They gave them a good threatening. They said, "Don't you speak in the name of Jesus anymore?" And they were like, huh, "How can we not speak what we've seen and what we know?" You know. They're like, "We can't." we well, you want us to lie? Says so good little response. God gave them boldness clearly. So when Peter and, and John were joined back with the other believers after being let out of jail, um, they all praised God. Amen. And they even quoted Psalm one forty six six. Right when they said, "Lord, Thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth." Let's to read sea, that. And all that I'll, read the Let's
1: it, yeah. I'll read the Psalms. Let's hear it. I'll read the Psalms. Let's hear it. One forty six. One so forty six. Wow. It's one hundred and fifty Psalms. What a yeah. number, you know. Well, I, I heard there's 151, the Shrine of the Book. It's got an extra one. They've uh, discovered this other psalm. You know what? I, 146, there you are. Okay. Um, yeah, 146, verse 6. You know what I love about the, Peter and John, or even Peter here? He is doing cross-references. He's quoting other scriptures. Yeah. We don't even know that the, the basic scriptures. We can't even play off that because we don't even know, oh, this is what's been said. Which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever.
0: Amen. Wow. He made heaven and earth. He did. And it's cool because, uh, you know, I was thinking about King David the other day. Um, and, you know, King David gets a bad rap. Everyone was talk about how he didn't get to build the temple, Right and how man of war. he was a man of war, right? Blood on his hands. And then also the whole thing with, you know, Uriah the Hittite and Bethsheba, Bathsheba, Bathsheba, right? So adultery murder. a lot of people bring up his sin. But, you know, one of the cool things about King David is that he single-handedly created a culture of worship to the Most High God. I mean, the Psalms and all the creativity that was just came out, flowing out of his heart mm-hmm. towards God. Really is astounding when you think about it. And so I, I think when we read the stories, we can get caught up in the those things. The psalmist. But God says he's a man after mine own heart. But yeah. why does he say that? Well, be, look at the psalms, and you'll understand, right?
1: Yeah, he had some moral failure, but he wasn't an
0: idolater. Right. But he's, I mean, come on. Somebody writes you 150, which I know he didn't write all of them, but let's, you know, for 100 love notes. You know what I mean? Like, come on, right? Uh, clearly there's something going on there where he is. Uh,
1: he played the harp. Right, he was the only king that was a prophet,
0: priest, and king. Right, so then uh, verses twenty-five and twenty-six, uh, who by the mouth of thy servant David, which we were just talking about, has said, "Why did the heathen rage?" Now, this word "heathen," the King James Version of the Bible uses the word "heathen." Uh, it's, it's nations. It is, but I want to, but it uses the word "heathen," kind of uh, in, a tr- in a translation bias manner, right? So you got to oh. think that this is. This. Yeah, heathen sounds bad. You heathen? It does. And this is England, nations? right? This is England, the sophisticated among the, the nations.
1: Aristocracy.
0: So when they want to say the word nations, England is obviously a nation as well. Right. So they don't want to include themselves in that. They want to talk about, oh, that's the heathen. When in fact, the word here is just the word Gentiles, which is just the word nations. Gentiles equals nations. So when you see heathen, you can just replace that with nations or Gentiles. I think it's important to note that. I think that's the New American Standard.
1: What is they use the word nations.
0: Uh, let me see what, what the New King James says. It says, uh, Why did the nations rage? Right here. So it so says. So it's it, New King James. New King so James also says it's nations. It's taken heathen and making it into nations. I, don't, I like that part of it. I don't think any other version uses heathen. I don't think heathen is a good translation. It I sounds think derogatory. It is derogatory. It is used to, again, to prop up England. Heathen. Against, like, say, the barbaric nations, you know, the, the, the heathens. Right. Um, all right, so why did the nations rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. So after praising God, the believers prayed, quoting Psalm 2, 1 through 2, which they treated as a messianic prophecy inspired by the Spirit speaking through David. Pretty cool. Can so. we go?
1: Let's check out the anointed one. This is a messianic psalm, Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage? Boy, that's even today. Boy, don't they? And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their courts from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Boy, ain't that the truth? That's interesting. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon
0: my Holy hill of Zion. Hallelujah. Wow. Hallelujah. It's powerful. Praise God. That's why they're praising God because what he's going to set his king upon his holy hill Zion. So this is why they're pra- that's why they're quoting these scriptures. That's true because the Messiah is here and this is what he's going to do. Exactly right. They know he's going to be a king on a hill. That's right. That's right. All right. So I'm going to uh, read verses 27 through 31. Uh, it says, for of a truth against the holy child Jesus, "...whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus." And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word with boldness. The word of God with boldness. I get a lot of good stuff on this one. I want to just make one note. Where it says holy child, other versions say servant, right? Um, I think when we hear child in American English today, it gives us the idea of like a child, right? A, a, A little child. This is, this is just basically saying the son, your son, Jesus, right? So just keep that in mind. Wow, that's awesome.
1: So once again, the Gentiles and Israel were gathered together to do their bad counsel. So it's not just Judah, but Ephraim, <laughs> the nations. So yep. we have that. Um, in their prayer, reported with approval by Luke, the believers affirm both God's sovereignty and human responsibility. Whatsoever includes all of the evil rejection, false accusation, miscarriage of justice, wrongful beatings, mockery, and crucifixion that both Jews and Gentiles poured out against Jesus. Wow. I still, you know, I guess I'm 56 and I've been saved since March of 92, but I still just can't get over what Jesus has done for us. I mean... it's just a little download right now just a thought i'm just thinking okay did he really have to suffer and die and do all of that well he had to for two reasons one because we're not perfect and two god is holy so it's almost like because of sin or making a bad decision you're going to feel some pain it's it's painful Because he created the body. So God in all of his glory and all of his creation has come up with all of
0: these things. Yeah. You know, (laughs) even in marketing they teach about, you know, moving away from pain and towards pleasure is what people are going to do, right? But most people won't just move towards pleasure because the pain of not changing has to be greater than the pain of changing. Right. People don't like change. There's always pain involved in change. You
1: know, I think, I was just thinking, what I would like to say is, you know, I could struggle with mental anguish, but you can't meditate on it. Yeah, I think you know if if you try to say to yourself, you know, I'm going to deflect this. I'm not going to let this hurt me. I think it's wrong. I mean, why not just face it, just process it, filter it, do what you got to do with it, and let him get you through it. Yeah, just in a popularity contest. You know, uh, in verse 29, it's interesting in, in this chapter that uh, four. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. <laughs> and granted to thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. Wow, let's go ahead and use his name and and heal and and have signs and wonders. So their prayer for boldness and witness shows a determination to directly disobey the command of the Sanhedrin. They do not pray against those who persecute them, but pray for their own faithfulness and witness. Think about that. They're not praying against the persecution and the people. They pray for their own faithfulness and witness. Praise God. So they just continue with the message. It's all about him. He did this and he did that. Yeah. Paul does a good job in Philippians. I was just reading it. I was just, I was dumbfounded. I was just sitting there just chewing on it and looking at it. Like he does everything to the obedience of Christ and for him alone. Amen. Everything else is dung. Amen. And I'm like, man, that is such a high calling right there, man. I mean, I'm as a pastor, I'm I reflected on Philippians yesterday I was reading it. And I was just thinking, you know, forgetting those things which are behind, pressing on. And that's how I feel. But it really is a lot to take in to to consume that part of it. Like, wow, I really I'm doing this for him. This is happening to me because of him. You know. And and God chose you. God chose me. You know, and so I thought this was interesting. The believers do not hesitate hesitate to pray that God would work more signs and wonders as they continue proclaiming the gospel. See, <laughs>
0: you know, there's a word there for you know somebody because you're talking about the pain and things like that. And God allows pain, uh, and people don't like it.
1: Many are the afflictions of the righteous, and the Lord delivers them out of them all. Look at the word afflictions. It's not good. But it's, sometimes it's, the pain is
0: brought on by ourselves. It's That's not true. always outside. That's true. And, That's good. And sometimes God allows these things because when you think of pain, right, um, God, you know, everyone says, God loves you just the way you are. And while that may be true in some sense, clearly God has a perfect outcome for you. And sometimes it requires us to change in order to get that outcome. And, or, or it's part of the equipping, or it's part of the calling, you know, because we have to be the person that will do the things to have the things we want, right? So when God is, is allowing pain, it's because he wants to cause change. Because the pain of not changing has to be greater than the pain of changing, right? So when he allows pain, it's because there's something, a lesson, something that we need to be learning. And that's why Paul talks about count it all joy. When you experience these tribulations, and then he talks about how these tribulations develop your character, which that's the ultimate result of, you know, perseverance and all of these things, trials and and, and such. This is interesting to me how we receive the pain. We have to figure out what is the lesson to be learned because we may be able to shorten the cycle by being quick to obedience. And quick to the when change. When you
1: overcome certain things, like one of, the, one of the traps is unmet expectations. Oh, yeah. It's a trap. Boy, is it. Now, I've been delivered of that. It is so awesome. Yeah. To be set free from unmet expectations. Well, I was really expecting this or that or him or her. And pff, no, it just doesn't work. And I'm yeah. like, wow, you know what? I'm, I'm healed of that. I'm delivered of that. You yeah. know? So that's really cool. Also, um, I've been healed and delivered. From voices. I'm not going to listen to the voices that are going to put me down and, and say, you're no good or you're not going to make it. Amen. You know, uh, it, it, the struggle can be in my dream sometimes, but it's
0: like, no, you know what? I can do this. It's funny. Um, I was listening to somebody the other day and they were talking about the two things that they noticed about the most successful people in the world, like the Elon Musks of the world, those types of people, right? One of the traits is that they think they're better than everybody else. And uh and whether they'll say it overtly or not, it's, that it's something that they think you could tell. They think that they are better, and the second thing was that they have an absolute insecurity complex that they're not going to be better than everybody else, right? So it's this like battling, warring thing inside That's a of good them, point. where they think they are right, or they at least they desire to be, but then they have this thing where they're afraid not to be. So when you put those two things together, it's like a little cocktail that produces. I think you know,
1: I think as a pastor, I experienced that. Of course, there's times when the, you know. The fire of God comes down on the altar, yeah, and we slaughter the the the, you know,
0: the spirits. We slaughter waka, those those waka, waka, priests waka. of Baal. Yeah, they yeah, go yeah, down, yeah,
1: yeah. and then the, then next thing I know, I'm running from Jezebel.
0: Yeah, to crush our enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentation of their women. Yes, <laughs> it's
1: like there are times when I'm very confident and passionate I'm very confident. Yeah, and then there's times when I feel like. Where is my confidence yeah, right now? Yeah, yeah. I, hit, I hit a, I hit a valley or I yeah. hit a hole, you know, a speed bump, you know. Right? Like, where is my confidence right now? I better mm-hmm. rethink this thing. Yeah, you know? man. See, people are drawn to passion and confidence. Yes. You know, and that's why when I find a good thing, mm-hmm. man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat that dead horse. I'm gonna yeah, beat it, man. because it's just it, it changed my life. And if it doesn't work for you, fine. But if it does, right. like the rebounder or the books I recommend for you to read, life changing yeah so so as we move on here we have uh verse 31 of chapter 4 and when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the holy ghost and they spake the word of god with boldness you know i went back to this other verse here though i want to go back to Acts four twenty three and twenty four. It says, "When Peter and John joined back with the other believers or friends, they all praised God. Mm-hmm. They even quoted Psalm one forty six six six. Now, I put on there love, respect, and unity. Mm. You know, um, I want unity, but sometimes you have to wait for it. Yeah, it's not there, but you want it. Yeah, 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 and you want to achieve it. Well, and, and unity you know when you, you know when you don't have it. But I want to stress that if if it all possible be at peace with all men but I just want to stress that you want to achieve that unity as best you can if you say I'm doing everything I can to have unity praise God you know because maybe I'm doing something wrong maybe I need to change something yeah you know not just with myself be united with myself my wife and my kids to have unity be on the same page Mm -hmm. the staff the church you know, and, and meeting with people and stuff. It's like I, I strive for unity. I want to I want to feel united. You know, if I feel a little something's off, right? I'll send a text or I'll do this or I'll do that. when well, no, I'm thinking about you or I appreciate you or or because because I because I know that that would oh that was good. You know, because I don't have vain imaginations. I guess they kind of start to brew up, but then I cast them down like yeah. you're supposed to. Yeah, take captive every thought to the beams of Christ. That's actually in the same verse. And cast down vain imaginations. But those are really easy to do, you know.
0: Unity is important. And, and what's cool, unity doesn't equal uniformity. But you can't have <clears throat> unity without love and respect. I think no, that's, that's one of the, the things. Because, yeah. like, we obviously, like, like the pastors, you've been going to these pastors meetings. Clearly, you guys don't all have the same, like, lined up beliefs necessarily. No. You all believe in the Bible. Right. I believe the Bible's true. You believe in Jesus right. as Lord. Right. There's <laughs> there's certain things that you agree on, and those right. are the foundations where we can have love and respect for one another. But the unity comes when you decide to have the unity even outside of the uniformity, right? Because it's easy to be united with people that are uniform. That, you know, we're all locked and right. cocked, right? You know, whatever. But you have to find what is that one accord? What are we in one accord about? You know,
1: so so just remember. This is the mandate now we got something new on the table here, Ryan. you and I. we got something new on the table, praise God, and it's kind of twofold, and this is what it is. I have always wanted to befriend churches and pastors, yeah, and work together, yeah, always in any level it's happening, oh, yeah, now it says the place was shaken, so when we had our rap concert here, this place was shaken. Literally. <laughs> Give me a beat. Almost literally. <laughs> Hit it. You know. But the thing is, I mean, I felt like this place was shaken. Yeah. So here's the thing. We're praying for salvation, healing, and deliverance for Brandon. Amen. And I experienced it in my own church. Yeah. And my son's going to do a soul winning class. We're going to go out and, and win souls and, and witness and evangelize, man, and build up our confidence, you know. So it's like things are really, really happening quickly now because of that declaration that proclamation so we need to have a follow so god kind of gave us a little booster shot hey give you a little booster here you know and so he allows to have this event and witness what's happening
0: right right it's also cool to see the energy that youth bring Mm -hmm. Uh, i think some of us old fuddy duddies we get used to our little purple seat and you know it's it's good to receive some of the energy that the youth will bring um and it's also important on the other side of that to to be a, a guiding light, right? Because right. uh, we don't want it to be Lord of the Flies, right? Right. <laughs> you want to you want to provide. It's like bumper bowling. You want to provide the bumpers so they don't end up in the gutters, um, right? And they they can hit the hit the pins. Praise God. Uh, point them in the right direction, so to speak. So it's 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 cool to witness that because what you can do is when you help channel that energy, you could see the glory of God. <coughs> Because where you lack maybe energy or passion, right, they'll bring energy and passion. And where they lack in maturity and understanding, you bring that to the table. And so when you join in with the youth together, right. with people, it's a— it's, it's, uh, You it's,
1: get them participating and
0: thinking, you know. And it takes, you know, people that are, are, are knowledgeable—
1: Coming to church and serving is better than just coming and sitting. Oh, yeah. So, so God answered the believer's prayer. The place where they were gathered was shaken, and the Spirit descended upon them in a way they could perceive— yeah. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit indicates that people could be filled with the Holy Spirit more than once. For Peter was among them and he had already been filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 4, eight. That's when he gave his sermon, you know. And all the disciples present at Pentecost had been filled with the Spirit as well. Acts 2.4 and then we're just referencing Acts 4.31. So, so discuss how God has given you boldness to share your faith with others. And um, I got two things here about boldness you have to have boldness to share the hebrew roots of the christian faith that's another level of boldness Mm -hmm. okay you got jesus you're at a church now all of a sudden you start whipping out the old feast days and shabbat Mm -hmm. number two you have to have boldness to share that you are a phryam and a wild olive branch grafted into the olive tree which the root is yeshua so Mm -hmm. you have to have boldness to share that you are a phryam and a wild olive branch grafted into the other... You know, I'm a Gentile coming out of the nations that was prophesied and the blessing of Jacob over Ephraim that he would be like Reuben and Simeon, like his own. Yeah. And so that right there, that's a game changer. That's the boldness, you know.
0: Yeah. The you boldness
1: to say, hey, we're going to take Brandon and Hillsborough County.
0: Yeah. You know, in, in I just think about in the business world how, you know, between... Uh, public schooling since the 1960s, right? We we're watching that David Barton film, yeah. uh, where he kind of shows how how God in the public square has just declined so much ever since these these stupid decisions. The were new made religions, by our country. right? The new like religion. atheism, right?
1: The atheist is is considered a
0: religion. Humanism, you know, secular yeah. humanism. Um, and so, so I, I think about how it takes boldness to live out our faith in a society where everything is compartmentalized. Oh, it's okay. You can do that in a house of worship, praise God, you know, go ahead. But don't do that in your workplace, don't do that in your school, don't do that anywhere else. And so it's like we have to not be who we are in certain places. And so what it's taught people is that we have to hide Jesus and we have to put him in the back seat. I think that's the wrong way to live. Ultimately, I think that this book, right, contains the answers to the test for everybody's life, yeah. right? Even if you don't want to buy into, like, the spiritual nature, right? And you just want to look at this book from a secular standpoint and just apply the principles, right? Guess what? You're going to benefit—you won't totally benefit from it, but you'll benefit some from it. And so what we've done is we've just completely disassociated those principles, right, from God himself, and disassociate them from the Bible. And so certain people are coming out and they're like gurus and they're, you know, hey, I'm going to promote this principle and that principle that works. But didn't you realize the God of the universe sewed that into the fabric of the universe and that's why that works? Because God, I mean, you just got to read the first couple chapters of Genesis and you'll start understanding some of these principles and how they work in the world. So then for us who understand that, why would we not be bold To live it out and to talk it through with people. You know what I'm saying? I think so much we're afraid, oh, we're going to lose our income or we're going to lose our job or this or that. And it's like,
1: you know. Well, a little plug here. Dr. Michael Heiser has a book, What Does God Want? And here's the thing, everybody. God wants you. Yeah. He wants you to participate with him. Right. He knows you're fallible. He knows you messed up. He knows you have moral failure. He knows that you're not perfect. But he wants you to participate with him. Yes, he does. So it's a joy for me to have Torah on my mind and my heart. 'Cause God wants me to participate. That's right. And guess what? I could participate with the Jewish people, the church, heathens, whatever. I could participate. The heathens. And, 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 <laughs> and and do something with them. Yeah. And not look down on them. Yeah. And say, Listen, I'm doing something with God. So God has sent me on an assignment, like an ambassador, and I got appointments and I'm excited about what God's doing. It's really right. it's it's put a pep in my step. It's like brought me like back to life a little bit, like not that I was complacent. But I was just looking for a new move of God, a new opportunity, because I'm rediscovering myself as a pastor after 20 years. I'm kind of rediscovering some things and, and, and missions for me. Sure. Because I've delegated. i got great staff. i got everything going good here. But what can I do better? What does God want to teach me to enhance me, to give me a new chapter, to show me something uh, a more of a dynamic to bring in some more flavor and some more ingredients? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, did you want to? discuss how God has given you boldness to share your faith with others? Yeah. Because I mean, you're, the, the, you're in the, the business For me, world. it's in the business world. Marketplace. Just, I'm not going to... You're in the marketplace with boldness.
0: Again, it's about compartmentalization. We've been brainwashed to think that we're supposed to compartmentalize our faith from the rest of our life. Right. And truly, especially businessmen, and I almost think that like, when it comes to discipleship in particular, uh, businessmen understand this better than the average Joe and the reason for that is that they already are applying the principles and executing on principles. So if if you have something in business that is going to push make the ball move forward, then you're going to execute that to see that success happen, right? right. Well, the same thing happens with the kingdom of God. It's the exact same principles. So if you focus those principles on the kingdom, guess what? They also work and things flow out of that. And I think that the compartmentalization is when people want you to be like, oh, well, over here's my business life and over here is my faith life. You, you have to keep them separate. You don't want to bring those together. And, and it's just absolute hogwash. And it's a lie of the enemy to keep us from being truly like the separation successful.
1: of church and state is not even in the constitution. Correct. Yeah.
0: Or any of our founding documents or any of our legal you know, documents until like 1960 something, Right.
1: So let's check out Acts chapter four, verses thirty-two through thirty-seven. The believers had all things in common. Think about it. Now, uh, the Messiah has suffered, died, was buried, rose again, showed himself for forty days to over five hundred people, mm-hmm. establishes the disciples. They even hired a new one for the temp agency. Through, through <laughs> Stop lots, through lots. <laughs> Poor Matt but, Matthias. Matthias. But the the bottom line is that now the message is going forth. There's the Roman government. There is, of course, uh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. The whole religious institution is there. And now they're going out and they're like, yeah, man, we're going to preach this thing. Yep. And thousands are coming to know the Lord. And now we're gonna, I'm going to read where uh, because of that, you know, and, and we'll talk about how relevant this is for today. In uh, Acts 4, 32 through 37, the believers had all things common. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus. While wow, Barnabas was a Levite. I just got that. Having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet.
0: So here we are. All right, so... Uh, so the multitude of them believed and were with one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of things which they he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Um, so this is great. This is a, a heart of... Uh, The community, right? Seeing things from a community perspective. And so differences of opinion are inevitable among human personalities and can actually be helpful if handled well. But spiritual unity is essential. Loyalty, commitment, and love for God and his word. Without spiritual unity, the church could not survive. The letter of 1 Corinthians was written by Paul specifically to urge the church of Corinth toward greater unity. Imagine that. We were just talking about unity, you know? And so yeah. the word common here is the Greek word koinos, and it means shared by all or several, which I, I like that. So, and it also says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all.
1: I want to share something real quick here. Yeah. Um, not that we promote this, but uh, somebody wanted to donate a TV to our church for our ministries, and uh, it's like a 55-inch 50 inch curved Sony Samsung or whatever uh, smart TV and uh, I said yeah why why don't you bring it we'll we'll look at it you know and so I realized it's too big and they said well can you give it to someone in need and I said sure I can do that so so I put in the fellowship hall and I really prayed about it Lord who should I ask about this TV and the Lord showed me a name yeah so I was like, okay. So when the person came last night, I said, you know, do you need? They went, I do. Huh. I got a thirty-two inch huh. little TV. I could use that. And yeah. So God is so good. It just worked. See, yeah, I just God. I didn't just go and put it in the lobby and watch people fight over it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, things watch like that fight. happen.
0: That just is not a good idea. <laughs>
1: You know what's funny? Our, our microwave went out, and somebody had donated a microwave. It was sitting in the fellowship hall. Just a nice little microwave. How funny. I took it home. Yeah. I needed it. Praise God. It's like it, I was like, I needed it.
0: For all who have it's need. It's so funny. That's right, yeah.
1: It just worked. I said, I'm, I'm really partial to this microwave. I put it off in the corner, put it off to the side. And, yeah, yeah. And my, my microwave went out. And uh, there we go. We and got boom. a little. I know. Got a microwave. It's so cool. It is. That's awesome, man. So, power, is. resurrection, and grace. <laughs>
0: It is. So uh, dunamis. the word power here is the Greek word dunamis, and it means force, literally or figuratively, especially miraculous power, ability, abundance, uh, meaning mighty or might, mightily, mighty deed, worker of miracle or miracles, power, strength, violence, mighty uh, work or wonderful work. I mean, dunamis is, is obviously an, an awesome. Awesome Greek word. One of those ones where you got to really like, you know, study it and let it let it percolate in your spirit. Um, The word grace here is the Greek word charis, and it means graciousness as gratifying of manner or act, abstract or concrete, literal or figurative, or spiritual, especially divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life, including gratitude. Wow. Acceptance, benefit, favor, gift, grace, gracious, joy, liberality, pleasure, thank, thanks. Think worth or thanks worthy. Wow. I mean I like that. Yeah. Um,
1: it's a good word. I like the word gratitude. God gave me grace,
0: give him grace. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Give her grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's yeah. awesome. That's right. So so then it goes into, you know, neither was there any among them that lacked. Uh, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses, they sold them and bought brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had needs. That's so kind of like what right. you just said. They yeah, brought, somebody brought their I, microwave. A TV. Boom, I mean, you had a need for a microwave. I'm telling you. Now look, you I, got a microwave. I get to do
1: the outline, I get the microwave.
0: Praise that's right. You and a microwave. Yeah, yeah, you get a microwave. A new car with turtle wax. And so it's then it says Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, right? Because Bar Nabas, right? Yeah. Uh, son of consolation. Bar meaning son. It was a Levite and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, Barnabas was a respected leader in the church. He was a Levite by birth, a member of the Jewish tribe that carried out temple duties. But because his family had moved to Cyprus, Barnabas didn't serve in the temple. He later traveled with the Apostle Paul on Paul's first missionary journey. It's important that you know this the first because let's just say... At some point there, there's some friction doesn't go well. You know, I don't want to take this
1: out of context, but I want to just, just share something here. that Please. I, I didn't write it down. I should have. But I want to say this. I thought about the blessing that was given to Simeon and Levi from Jacob. Okay. In Genesis 49. There's this little blessing. And, you know, they got into some trouble. But anyway, it says, Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations because they... Killed all the men of Shechem. After they were circumcised, they went in after them. Yeah. Took them out because of the raping of their sister, Dina. Right.
0: Dina, yep.
1: uh, Oh, my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, my honor, be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they digged down a well. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel.
0: So they don't See, want them to be united because they feel like they'll well, be angry.
1: Well, it's just the point of, okay, here's Barnabas. He's scattered among Israel. Yeah, that's true. And he's serving. The, yeah. The, you know, one of the, one of the one of those
0: priests. So. Interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, all right. So it also says here that the early church was able to share possessions and property as a result of unity brought by the Holy Spirit working in and through the believers' lives. And this next couple sentences are important. Some people may mistake this communal living arrangement for principles found in communism. I know. I had to put this in here. I'm glad you did. It was a nugget. <laughs> the way of living is different from communism because of three things. Number one, the sharing was voluntary. So when you're in a communist country, you don't get a choice, do you? Do I want to participate in the communist economy or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the sharing is, is uh, voluntold at the end of a gun. Number mm-hmm. two. It didn't involve all private property, but only as much as was needed. So, in other words, there's still, it's not happening in a vacuum. There's still a.
1: Yeah, in communism, you don't
0: own anything. Right. And you'll be happy. You will be happy. That's a command. All right. And number three, it was not a membership requirement in order to be part of the church. This is another important thing. So uh, I would add one more thing. Number number four would be that communism, one of the tenets, is specifically that there is no God, right? The state is God. That's true. You can elaborate on right. that. Right. And yeah. so you have to just remember that when people start telling you about the value of Marxism or communism, run, okay? It's evil, period. So... It doesn't mean that you can't get with a group of people and everybody put in for some common resources. In effect, right, we do that even today in what we so-called capitalist country, where we pay taxes to a municipal authority and then we have roads and bridges and police and fire departments and all of these things. Communism is the swinging of the pendulum in a far direction. And in order to do that, you have to cut God out of the equation. You have to make the state take the place of God, then everybody has nothing of their own merit. Meritocracy is dead at that point. And then what ends up happening is everybody loses all desire to do anything and then everybody's poor. So they share in their poverty.
1: And and I guess one of the things they do, which is uh, very um, out of sight, out of mind, but they want to make sure that the leader of that country is in your home, the picture of him. A picture of the leaders in their home. Because he's
0: the God now, right? I'm not sure exactly how that works. Look... Uh, people will dress it up in other ways right like a yeah. lot of people put it socialism socialism and communism are different in the way that they're not super different it's hard to kind of distinguish I guess between them sometimes but we are a capitalist country and we have social programs right that's different than being socialist where the government owns the means of production and distribution which again we're gonna. this isn't about that but it's important just to note that this isn't the bible now giving you uh a doctrinal mandate to become a communist. I just, I think that's important because some people have twisted these scriptures to mean that. And it clearly doesn't mean that. So,
1: yeah, we have benevolence. So if there's a need, we try to meet it,
0: but yeah, we're not going to just, you know, praise God. And maybe the church needs to do a better job of bearing the burdens of one another. um, As, as people that are members of the church have need. Right. Right. But I think that's, it's, some people will come and join a church just for benevolence, which is a, another story. We're not right. going to get into that. So discuss how you have benefited from the community of Beit Tehila and some of your personal blessings.
1: I would like to say this. Mm-hmm. We have had meals prepared for us. A couple took my whole family of 10 in when a tree fell in our house. Yeah. Um, we get trusted child care. And I've even had home repairs. Wow. All because I go to this church. That's awesome. I know. Yeah. You know, I uh, changed out the headlamps in my my suburban. Yeah, and I'm a I'm a car mechanic. I did it, you know, on my own.
0: I'm yeah, there. I've had um, I've had you know a crew of guys show up to my house and help me saw a hill one time. That was pretty nice. And I had a crew of guys. That same crew of guys helped me uh, build a um, like a, one of those metal carports. Um, you know, that was helpful. Said all kinds of stuff like that. But I I would say more than those types of things because um, while that's nice, right, that's not—I wouldn't call that a need of mine. Those were were things that were— Meeting needs part of it. I I want to say that was more fellowship, right? Yeah. For me, it's more the ability to have a place to go to express my faith in the manner with which I feel God has called me to express my faith. Right. Um, I benefit more from that and having a community of believers to grow spiritually with Right. than I think I do necessarily, you know, having an, a need, and even the opportunity to give and to serve because I know God wants me to do that. And right. so to have an outlet to do that is important. Uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they come to a certain place in their walk and they end up in like a uh, no man's land, like a nomad, you know, bouncing from place to place. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not the worst thing that can happen to somebody, but it's, it's, it's good to be consistent somewhere with a group or a community um you know and 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 maybe if somebody's an apostle they go from place to place right but um even the apostles when they would go to those places Paul talks about like how even when he went to the places he went to he pulled his own weight you know right he was working while he was there and 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 all that so i praise god for those examples because you know we have answers to the test in the bible we just have to to look them up amen
1: i guess there's a verse in hosea I, I can't find it but it said, I will cause you to wander among the nations.
0: <laughs> oh, it's a frying right? All, yeah. All the way.
1: You know, uh, John Bevere made a statement years ago. It stuck with me, and I found out it's in Romans. God puts the members where he wants. Amen. So think about it. So God tells you where to go to church.
0: Yeah, he sure does. All right, so what two points did you get, Pastor Nick, out of Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through
1: 37? Okay, um... My two points are this. We need to have boldness to share about Yeshua and the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. We need to have boldness to share those two things. Uh, Number two, we need to have all things in common and help each other in our community.
0: So my first one would be when persecution comes, don't pray that the persecution will go away. (laughs) Pray that the Lord would give you boldness to glorify him. Yeah, and build your faith. Right. See, I think that's still self-centered, right? What we want is we want to glorify him. We do. We want to bring glory to God through our boldness. So when the persecution comes, I think we're all like, and me included, all the time, Lord, please take this cup from me, but not your will. Or not my will, but your will be done. Yeah, my will is really good. But really my will. My will is not good. <laughs> I might be in the hospital or jail.
1: That's um, not good.
0: His right, will. Right, right. Uh, also, uh, what you said about love, respect, and unity. I think unity is important. Uh, unity is not uniformity, but I think unity is, is important. I think of calendar things. Is, I always think of calendars when I think of unity. And I think of how many people want to stand on ceremony about all these different calendars in the Hebrew roots, and how this calendar's right, that calendar's right, and it's like, care right, yeah. yeah, whatever. God bless the Kerites. God bless the Karaites. God bless the the sons of Zadok and the solar calendar. You know what I mean? Uh, I just, I truly believe that we have to have the ability to get together and do something for the Lord. They're rehearsals. I could tell you that n- I've never seen a calendar teaching that I didn't was didn't think like, oh, that's pretty cool. That might be true, but there still be some holes in it, right? There's always holes in it. the Jewish calendar. Even the Jews will tell you, hey, our calendar's not not perfect. We know that's not right. Fifty-seven, eighty-three. But Messiah's going to come and and straighten it out. Is what they say. And so, anyway, my point is just saying unity is important because— it's everything. —you have to be able to put down the non-essential things— What did you accomplish? —in order to come together with others to do something for the Lord. That's and
1: why Beit has lasted for so long. Yeah. The Lord gives us something to do, and we have enough people to do it. Praise God. Good, bad, and indifferent.
0: Are You want to pray? Gracious God, thank you so much that, that you have uh, given us an example of boldness— in the scriptures. That there are people that are believing on the same Messiah as us, that are having boldness to go out and and speak the truth about your son, about who he is, about what he did, and about the miracles and signs and wonders that have happened by his name. And so we just thank you for this and we pray that you would give us a indwelling and filling of the Holy Spirit. Everybody under the sound of my voice would receive that that filling of the Holy Spirit so that we would have boldness to go out and be a witness and a light to everyone around us. We pray this in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Don't forget, we are
1: in the three weeks of, of affliction. We call it the three weeks of, of, of reflection. Reflection. Yeah. And um, it, of course, started on July 5th, Tamu 17, the Golden Calf, and it wasn't good. In those three weeks, will take us all the way up, leading to the 9th of Av, July 26th, the destruction of both temples. It's just a good time of reflection.
0: Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. Praise God for you and for your families and for uh, your studies and your, your desire to love and honor God. Uh, if you made it this far, then uh, you know I, I I bet you're you're in it to win it. You know, Amen. And so, uh, if you want to reach out, just uh, you know keep the conversation going in the comments. Uh, that'll help us out in multiple ways. Make sure you like this video, subscribe. Do all of those good things on whatever platform that you're on with us today. Uh, if you want to email me, it's ryan at twopraise.net. Bless you guys. Have a great week.